Welcome to episode 31 of Constructing Comics. On this episode, we are going back to our origins and we're just doing page breakdowns. We're going to break down a page from Thor, Punisher, and Year of the Villains by DC Comics. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host Noah. Noah, why don't hey you uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself there? Hey there. Yes, I'm Noah. Um, these look like some good pages we're going to break down, all from comics I have not read any of recently. I did read a little bit of uh, Punisher, but I've completely fallen off since this issue. Um, actually, before this issue. Same with Thor. Not nearly, uh, I can remember not even close to being caught up to Thor by this issue, and I have not picked up uh, Year of the Villains. But Matt has taken the time to explain to me the story this far, and you can definitely appreciate these pages on their own merits and their own design and their own layouts. So I'm excited to talk about all three of them. Uh, I guess all four of them, if you count the two Punisher pages. But uh, I'm definitely excited to talk about the composition in each of them. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's dive into page one. This is uh, or the first page of our examples. This is a uh, this is a page from Thor. I don't remember the 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 issue number or the the page number. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll check on that and make sure that I update that later but this is um this is before war of the realms starts off so um you know thor is is uh searching for his hammer um so so we have a page here which is uh, a two-page panel uh probably uh two-thirds of the page is the the first page or the first panel and the the Bottom third of the page is the, there's a second panel and there's a lot of uh, diagonals here. So um, why don't you, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you see here? There's a, yeah, this, this page could be broken up into basically parallel lines going diagonally across the page. Mm -hmm. That's the basic of the, like the basic design of this page, but it's, it's delivered so much more dynamically. Who's the artist on this one? Uh, I am not sure. I'd have okay. to, I'd have to check on that, but I, I, I'll do that. The artist is definitely, uh, using the, or the, the perspective of the hammers coming towards you to lead your eye down into the next panel, which I really like. Um, I like how the cape of the female figure is sort of framing Thor and she is framing Thor as well. So you see her first because her cape, uh, sort of continues from the left down to the right, but she frames Thor and she's closed off by the panel. So you actually move your eye left down to the right, but then back up again to the left to where Thor is. And then you follow that line down um, into the next panel. And again, she frames Thor in that page as well. So there's this interesting composition that's kind of like this uh, downward uh, spiral composition so you go start from left down to right but then you go back up and then you go back down and then you go back up and then you go back down and it's a really unique really dynamic way of composing it looks very simple from the page but what he had to do to frame Thor the way he did and to lead your eye into the next page is a lot more complex and a lot more dynamic and I think that's what makes this page so uh so unique and it probably made it stand out to you as well because it's uh, there's something special going on here and it doesn't and it hides it well like the parallel lines that i was bringing up mm -hmm. um, because it's not all from the same angle 
So they are going from left to right, uh, flying towards you on the first panel, but on the second panel, it's more of a straightforward, uh, like, you know, three quarters, uh, not three quarters, but like a medium shot of the female figure with Thor flying in the background. And it's, it's front on, no three quarter angles where I would say that, uh, maybe the, the, the face, it's sort of almost like a three quarter, uh, almost profile shot, not a profile shot, but a three quarter view of their heads on the first panel. Um, they are facing you more straight on than they are facing away from you, but it's, uh, there's a lot going on here that makes you think maybe this is just a centered drawing. Um, but it is, there's a lot more of like these diagonal lines guiding your eye all around the page. Yeah. So, um, I believe this is episode, or, um, this is issue 11, um, uh, of the Thor run from 2018. And I believe our penciler is penciler and inker is Lee, Lee Garber here. Okay. Um, but I, that's, that's just a, a best guess, uh, referring to comic book DB. If that's not correct, I will definitely change that in the show notes. Very cool. Yeah, I love, uh, like I said, I love the perspective lines. It's very dynamic. I love the detail mm-hmm. that uh, the penciler puts into the hammers as well. I love all the reflections coming off of excuse me, off of Thor's hammer and off of the female figure's hammer. Um, I like how he distinguishes between the two. I think the colorist really helped that as well, so that there's a different sheen of the metal or the stone of Thor's hammer compared to the female's. Like hers is, is not nearly as reflective. Yeah, and it has more of a flat uh, matte color, like you know, matte texture to it, more rocky, more stony. Whereas like Thor's hammer has this like these great reflections coming off it, and it's sort of more shiny, maybe more marble, um, marbled stone than it is uh, like just straight on stone, like the female's figure. Um, yeah. I also love her detail in her cloak as well, like this made out of some kind of fur. He does a great job with these little like squiggly lines, creating the contours and the 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 values in it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really great. Yeah, so that's Freya. That's uh, that's Thor's okay. Thor's mother. Didn't want to uh, presume, but that's what I was going to guess. Yeah. So I think uh, I think a couple of uh, cool design elements here are are the so we we see three hammers here. Um, two of the hammers being the same hammer, but on the page we see three hammers and. There's almost like a uh, the 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 corners of these oh, hammers yeah. all all point to each other. Freya's um, in the first panel. Freya's the the corner of her um, hammer points to his uh, Thor's hammer, and then as uh, we sort of like go in in the second panel and get closer up, like uh, Thor's two hammers are are pointed at each other with 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 the angles so i I like that a lot that's cool yeah i didn't notice that at first but that's brilliant yeah yeah i like that there's like because there's so many diagonals like with the the positioning of the body and the and the faces but the hammers are like on a on a separate almost like uh almost uh you know cross hatched of the of the figure so the hammers are are going in one diagonal and, and the figures are going in another diagonal and Thor's hammer in the first panel is sort of framed by his in the second panel and Freya's in the first panel. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's sort of almost like if there are two focal points on this page, it's Thor's hammer in the first panel and then Freya's face on the, on the last panel. 
And it's cool how they're all sort of framed by the two hammers in between. I was like on, on, on both sides at the, I guess the top right page and the bottom left. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, so if we look at Freya's face uh, positioning um, in the, the bigger panel, the, the first panel, uh, there's, there's, again, there's a set of diagonals, almost like the, the, her, her helmet shape um, almost yeah. lines up perfectly as we, as we're further away. And then as we come closer, like those diagonals um, fall in line there. Yeah, and her cape does the same thing. I really like the letterer followed that composition and he made that the letters followed down these lines because he lines the side of Freya's cape on the second panel with uh, with the word balloons, which are pretty heavy. Yeah. But it still it works with the composition and the artist was good enough to leave that negative space in between Thor and Freya on the bottom panel mm-hmm. so that the letterer could add, you know, wouldn't have to work around the composition to keep to flow with it. Even the text box that sort of sets up, I guess it's like an inner narration or a continuation from the previous page. Mm-hmm. That text box follows along with Freya's cape that's framing, that's framing Thor in the first panel. Um, it's really great. And I love the colors too. I like this, um, you know, yellow and purple being complements of each other and there's a purple background, but it really makes uh, Freya the focus of this page because of her yellow base um, in her crown and in her hair and in like the, the basic of her cape and also in the little gold inlays of her hammer. Um, it really makes it, and you know, also she takes up the majority of the page as well because she's uh, she's the prominent hammer in the first panel, but also the prominent figure in both panels as well. So I think that's really great of the colorist to choose a background that complements Freya's costume design as well to even cement further that she's the the focus of this page. Yeah. Um, so do you have, do you have anything else here? Or do you feel like we've, we've covered this page uh, pretty, pretty well? You know, I think it's something that I'm sure we could probably find any comic page in any comic going on now and maybe i'll say this at the end as well but you know we when we're reading through these books it take you know to to take the time to really look at these pages and to think about all the choices that everyone's making Mm -hmm. while they're drawing this is something it's a cool privilege to be able to do this kind of stuff and to take a step back and to look at these things because a lot of craft a lot of design goes into these things and i'm wondering if the pencilers and the colorists and the letterer are even thinking about this or if this is just second nature to them at this point just to have something just basic, like this is just a, you know, we would say that this is just sort of the in-between pages, you know, it's not a big action scene. It's not a big emotional scene. It's just two people, you know, flying through space. It's just so pretty spectacular on itself, but it's not, you know, it's not what you would typically say, but this is the kind of art that like where a lot of the work goes into making it look interesting. Yeah. And it's, it was probably, you know, at least a, a day's work for, for the penciler um, to, to set up the page and, yeah. um, you know, somebody going through and reading this as a comic, it, it might take them, you know, 30 to 45 seconds if they don't really uh, take the time to, to look at these design elements, um, which I'm guilty of sometimes. Oh, me too. Um, and I, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like slow down and, uh, take all this stuff in. So, yeah, I can get really sucked in, especially when Jason Aaron's writing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he picks good artists that fit with his story and keep moving along, but it's always good to go back and relook through these pages and just appreciate the artwork for as itself. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's go to, um, Punisher. Um, and I, I did another quick, uh, comic book DB search. I think this is episode, or I, I said episode again, issue nine of the 2018 Punisher, um, and this is a, a lot of this is the Punisher um, being in a prison um, in a country that uh, Baron Zemo has taken over. And uh, here he's sort of acting as a bureaucrat um, and a, uh, you know, a leader of government. Um, and so the first page we're looking at is uh, if you were looking at a comic book, this would be this is the this is this is your left facing um, page. Um, where, where Zemo um, in the first panel is sort of looking out over the city. Um, there's an explosion. Um, and he knows that Frank is sort of uh, out there on a rampage, uh, but he's also sort of got to take a business meeting at the same time. Um, so uh, the first panel is a reflection of Zemo uh, in the glass, like I said, looking out. Uh, he sees the explosion. Um, and then the, the next four panels are, are him um, sort of, doing the 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 work of a of a of a government leader um and sort of uh holding a meeting um so so what do you think about uh, this page here i love uh being able to set up multiple things in one in one panel or in one shot you know if you're talking in film ways mm-hmm. so having zemo's reflection being in the window as he's looking out over the city and seeing the destruction that Frank Castle is currently causing is pretty great to do that in one wide shot and one wide panel. And then all that he does in the next several panels as well, just establishing the characters that are going to be in the next pages, setting up their, their location. Um, but also it's, you know, in, you know, we talk about a lot about location and action sequences here, but again, this is sort of a more static sequence where it's just, you know, most of the action is just Zemo talking to these people. So it's, it lends itself to this great comedic thing, setting up where people are and, mm-hmm. you know, how they're going to react. So these two people that he's talking to are going to be important in the next page and how they frame him and where they are in relationship to him. So they're facing him forwards while Zemo is, has his back to the window while all the explosions are going on. And of course, there are all these great guiding lines with uh, Zemo's, you know, being positioned on the left side of the page. Again, just to make sure that you know where he is in relationship to everything. Um, but then there are these great, uh, kind of like on the last page, there are these great diagonal lines guiding you down as yeah. well. So there's a lot of left to right downward movement on these pages. Um, but I won't spend too much time since we did that on the last page. But it, it's, it's great. It sets up a lot of great stuff. Um, Love the artist's textures, textures on like Zemo's gloves and everything. I love the shadows. Um, again, like, you know, Zemo is, is pretty clothed in, in shadow just to like, you know, to, to contrast against his yellow gloves, which have a lot of reflection and a lot of lighter tones on them. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, like uh, I also like Zemo just, you know, in this business situation, he hasn't changed costume at all. You know, he doesn't switch to formal attire or anything. And I think that's the fun of Matthew Rosenberg's comics, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, uh, he had def- 
definitely has a lot of fun with his characters and writing. So like, of course, Zemo doesn't change his, his uniform to meet with any kind of foreign dignitaries. He just wears his normal purple suit with the crown and everything to the meeting, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, so I'm, what pretty, do you think? I'm pretty sure the artist here is uh, Simon Krasansky. Um, so okay, I've I've looked at I've looked and at he's the, been the main artist. Yeah, this. I looked at a few issues in the series, and uh, all the ones around here, uh, this this issue, he's he's listed as. Um, I yeah, I I like this I like this a lot. Um, I have a question for you as as an artist. Um, how do how do you handle um, the reflection of Zemo in the, the first panel as he's, um, you know, he's looking out um, through a glass panel um, and we see like a lighter image of him to, to indicate that, you know, um, this is sort of his perspective looking out the window um, mm. and, and he's reflected there. So is that more on the colors or is that probably more on the, the, the penciler? I think it's on the penciler because um, the artist, I think he has to, you know, lay out the page and this looks like a very all digital page as well. Yeah. So I'm not that great digitally. So I'm guessing he had to do a lot of overlay and multiply lay a lot, multiply layers, Mm -hmm. you know, draw two different images for that first page. And then of course, you know, do a, do com- combine them both into the into each other and then let the colorist do his or her thing okay um yeah okay that that makes sense and i if if we have the the issue correct uh the colorist is uh antonio fabella if i if i'm saying that right so um yeah. that that's that's uh that's that's pretty cool i wonder if there's um instructions to given between um the stage where it's inked to the goes to the colors to say uh hey you know this zemo here is uh, a reflection in the glass so make sure you right you you fade it out a little bit or you, you layer it out so um because yeah. if not then it would look like zemo's somehow standing on the other side of a uh you know a skyscraper looking in so um, right. So there's probably has to be some sort of communication there. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I've only done it once the reflection thing. And I did that recently in the where for are you yeah. comic currently on Kickstarter, a part of Shakespeare for a panel. My uh, kingdom. Sorry, no, my kingdom for a panel. Yeah. Shakespeare every, anthology. Everybody go, um, everybody go to Kickstarter and, and, and search for that. Yes, we need money. And uh, the the but I, I didn't do it as well as this as this is done. I really like how he, you know, the artist understands enough that when you're looking at a reflection, basically what, what's more, uh, you know, uh, caked in light is what appears better in a reflection, you Mm -hmm. know, and I like how uh, the drama of Zemo looking out like being half in shadow and you know half in in you know half illuminated mm-hmm. so like only half of him is is uh is fully illuminated in the reflection the other part is in this shadow so in other words it's like you know he's he's in two places at once basically you know yeah. setting up that mood where it's like zemo is attention is outside with the punisher but he's also being drawn back towards what else is going on like he's being pulled in two different directions 
Um, yeah. I really like that. I really like it a lot. I love this page. Again, another one of those pages that you just sort of skim by. You get you get what you need to get, which is great about this artist. You know, mm-hmm. good artist. He gives you what you need for the rest of the story, but then you just move on. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of art here. Yeah. So I think another cool thing here is uh, when we go into the second panel, uh, the 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 two guys that are meeting with with Zemo, and I'm assuming the the third guy that's in the background is a guy that's just sort of escorted them in uh to the meeting but uh there's there's some good body language uh with how they're standing you could already tell before the you know zemo's launched into these sort of like intro uh to to get the meeting get the meeting started but you can tell from their body language that they're not really they're not really pleased and they're not really buying what uh what zemo's putting down here so i think that's that's some that's some good uh that's a way to do storytelling without the, these guys speaking. Cause you know, they could clearly come in and be like, Zemo, we're not, we're not happy with uh, the situation you presented us, but they, they do this just through, through their body language. Yeah. This is the, it really takes advantage of the visual medium by, and this artist knows how to draw faces really well, especially with these two people that he can mm-hmm. get two different expressions that convey the same idea. And that's the mistrust. Mm-hmm of what's going on that like clearly they think Zemo's not, not handling something very well or that they're in defensive poses. So they have to convince, he has to convince them basically to let their guard down and trust him. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. And the great body language, great expressions. Yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, what would be the, the right facing page of this two page sequence. Um, and I think this is where um, the the comedy really really hits home. Um, oh yeah, we have, we have three panels, all equal, all equal spaced or, or equal sized, um, and sort of everybody is in the same position, same perspective, but three totally different uh, three totally different things are going on here. Uh, first panel, the the top panel of the of the three is uh, Zemo. Um, arms out, um, still sort of trying to explain the situation, telling them that everything's okay. Second panel, no dialogue, um, but out the the window behind Zemo, um, another explosion as Frank Rampage is getting closer to to wherever Zemo is. Um, And uh, third panel, the, the 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 explosion is sort of um, petering out a little bit. Um, Zemo's hands are down, and he's sort of uh, at this point he's he's defeated. He's he's not going on with this charade anymore. That he's got everything under control, and he's sort of like uh, dismissing these guys and telling you, you know, I'm I'm done with this meeting. I got other things to deal with. Um, so why don't you uh, weigh in on this page here? Yeah, I love the the comedic setup here. You know, mm-hmm. it follows the rule of thirds in panel form, right? You know, set up, you get the angle of him, you know, saying something that's contrary to the following panel. Mm-hmm. And then third panel being the punchline, you know, uh, that's sort of like, you know, basically him trying to get out of uh, what happened in the, in the second panel. I like also how it's... um. You know, like like a structure of a joke, you have the setup, which, you know, has a quite a bit of dialogue. And then mm-hmm. you have something like either a reaction, you know, 
and yeah. uh, then the uh, consequences of the reaction, you know, or I guess not the reaction, but you have the action, then the reaction, and the reaction is the joke, um, or the uh, or the lack of reaction that Zemo's just trying to ignore it, while the two guys who have been who are over the shoulder looking at Zemo, mm-hmm. uh, we're over the sho- over their shoulders looking at Zemo. You get to see their body language jolt up, and I think if you didn't have that uh, setup in the previous page of establishing that their body language is so much a part of what they're going to convey to the audience, you know, Mm -hmm. this wouldn't have been as effective, like their body language, like their hands going up from the same angle, you know? Uh, So that's a really cool move on the artist's part to have this consistency across the board that these guys have strong gestures, you know, Mm -hmm. that convey their emotions so that this, this scene where they're, reacting to the explosion outside isn't like from out of nowhere, but still just as funny and cartoonish and over the top. But then also Zemo's lack of um, Zemo's lack of uh, reaction is hilarious as well. Yeah. Uh, Cause he doesn't even flinch when the explosion happens. He stays in the exact same position and uh, then he changes position in the end, but it's not like, you know, a scared reaction. He just keeps continuing the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like nothing's happening. But I also love the panel borders on all three because uh, panel one and three have these just, it's not like, you know, the most straightforward, not straight panels, you know, not straight across. It's sort of more, a little more crooked, a little more hand drawn, mm-hmm. but just like single white line. But then the, the, the second panel in the middle is like sketchy and scratched like a chalkboard, mm-hmm. you know, and um, which really goes along with sort of the explosion makes it seem like the the camera's rattled or something like that, you know? Uh, So this is a big explosion. Another great way of just having the impact be there on the page. Yeah. I, uh, I think, uh, like I said, uh, the, this is, this is the payoff uh, from, from the page before. Yeah. Um, And I like that uh, uh, we're able to, we're, we have we have these these three figures in a room, um, and this is this is one element of the story. But we're also getting another element of the story um, from what's happening uh, behind that window. Um, you know, first panel nothing's nothing's going on. Second panel chaos explosion. Third panel uh, explosion sort of petering out, uh, simmering, um, and uh, you know Zemo Zemo is. Uh, uh, you know, like we said before, he's, he's, he's sort of given up on this meeting and he knows it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I love the, you know, a page, you know, when you're, when you're doing a comic, you have so many opportunities to play with the design and conveying a certain thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about the whole Tom King Lee Weeks issue of Batman that basically functioned as a roadrunner joke the whole yeah. time, you know? That was a yeah. whole issue, but here's like a whole page of like that, like just good comedy and then like three parts, like a good joke should be, you know, you have the, the three men walk into a bar set up, you know, and the first one, second one is the, the action. And then the third one is the punchline. It's just great. It's a great page. Yeah. And I think this is a classic example of uh show. Don't tell like, yep. Um, yeah, a lot of the humor is in what he's not saying. Yeah. You know, he could clearly, um, you know, either have like a, 
uh, well, not clearly, but it, it, you know, one of the things they could have done is like, he could have like, uh, you know, some sort of communications device where like all of his like uh, underlings are reporting, you know, Frank Castle's rampaging through the, through the city. He's, he's on his way. Um, but that's not done here. It's uh, we're, we're getting the same information just through, uh, an explosion in the background, uh, and and we know who's causing that, and it, we don't have to be told that. So, like I said, this is this is a great example of uh, show don't tell. Also, how the explosion on the first panel of the previous page didn't make as much impact as this as the one on this page did. Mm-hmm. did. You know, uh, that was a good way of setting up the geography in the first page to be like, okay, that's where that explosion is. Second one makes a lot more of a reaction with the people watching, but also with, like I said, the panel borders as well. So that was just great to have that set up in the previous page to be like, this is where Castle is at this moment. And then the next page, now this is where he is at this moment. He's a lot closer. Mm -hmm. Again, just visually, like you said, without having to have the guys over the intercom being like, he's two blocks away or anything like that. Yeah, and he's sort of, uh, we're, we're being shown that he's also sort of, uh, uh, he's, he's on the move, but he's also um, sort of being more destructive as he gets closer and closer. So even though, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like, uh, uh, you know, distance is an issue and how close he's getting is an issue, but sort of his intensity is, is, is picking up as well as he's, you know, as Frank is wont to do, you know, uh, get a little, uh, get a little aggressive. So he's, he's on his, on his way. He's, he's picking up the, he's picking up the pace and he's being a little bit more intense. So. Yeah. That's the great thing about Matthew Rosenberg's Punisher stories is that he's not afraid to go all out action with Punisher, Mm -hmm. you know, just have Punisher mow through a bunch of guys. Uh, But he's also not afraid to do the less is more kind of stuff like this page. Where yeah. you just see people's reaction to the stuff that he's doing, and he did that great in the 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 arc where the Avengers were coming after him. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was just the Avengers being like, "Why is this guy giving us so much trouble?" You yeah. know, and uh, this this one especially where you can tell Zemo's just like, like this should not be as difficult as it is. I fight Captain America, you know that kind of thing. It's like, it's it's pretty great. Yeah, and it's almost like uh, another thing is it's almost like Frank is like a force of nature. Like uh, okay. he's like a he's like a storm that's coming or, or a hurricane that's coming. You you're sort of sitting there, you're watching, and you know that it's coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, you sort of get that same feeling here. That uh, yeah, um, as much as like as much as Zemo is hoping that his his underlings are going to to be able to stop Frank, and he's not going to get to him, he kind of knows that yeah frank's a force of nature once he puts his mind to something he is he's gonna get there so yeah there's this inevitability with frank castle that everybody who crosses his path knows about and i like that matthew rosenberg sort of that's sort of his thesis statement since he took over with the war machine story Mm -hmm. is like yeah no matter what you give him this guy's gonna cause a lot of destruction and it's just inevitable yeah all right, so why don't we move into our our third page of uh, breaking uh, breaking down a page? And like I said, this is um, this is from the uh, DC twenty five cent special that just came out um, a few days ago. the The year of the villains. Uh, this is setting up a lot of 
uh, storylines uh, for the summer and probably going into to the fall of, uh, of this year. Um, and this is the, the second story that appears in here. This is a Bendis uh, Malieve story um, called Leviathan. Um, this is the second page of, of that story. Um, previous to this, uh, we see a battle um, sort of like on a helipad. And, you know, there's a couple of arrows exchanged. And uh, just through that, we probably know the green arrows uh, uh, involved here. Um, uh, the, the page before that, uh, we also see a batarang. We don't know who's thrown that. Uh, but on this page, we do. Uh, we sort of get the classic uh, superhero landing. Um, but what I like about this page is uh, the, the figure work that's done by um, Alex Malev here. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great uh, great work here. So I'm gonna let you uh, I'm gonna let you come in here and, and talk about some of the art choices. Yeah, I love the the um, impact lines coming off of uh, the Green Arrow and Batgirl's feet. Mm -hmm. um, looks like Green Arrow sliding into the camera and same and. Uh, Batgirl is jumping into the camera and landing. Yeah. And uh, there are these, is it sparks or is it water or what is it that's flying up? I believe, I believe it's, I believe it's a wet surface. Like it's, it's yeah. Seattle. So I believe uh, it's probably okay. fresh, fresh rain. That's just fallen that, that they're landing into. Yeah. I love that splash. I love that action movement. Like this is a, again, all comics are static images, but some are more static than others. You know, this is a moment frozen. This is the the big hero shot, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but there's still a lot of energy going on here. Like, it's almost like a lot of energy has been happening, and this is sort of it grinding to, a, like, a screeching halt mm -hmm. uh, to, for the, before the final blows on the, the poor figure in the, for, in the, in the, uh, in the foreground, I guess, mm -hmm. um, who's sort of silhouetted and framing Green Arrow and than Batgirl. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I love, uh, love the foreshortening on that Malieve does with, uh, arrows, uh, bow and, um, with, uh, with, uh, Batgirl's leg landing forward as well. Um, you taught, we talked about it off, off mic, but you, you really like the, the, the weight of these two characters. Yeah, I think mostly with uh with Batgirl's leg, you can really feel the 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 force of that uh of of her 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 landing there. Like uh, um you know her her uh her her the the leg that's striking, like you can feel the the impact of that. Um and they are definitely um uh in the rain. Uh, uh the previous page uh the the rain the you, you can see the drizzle of the rain a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's rain that they're, that they're in that classic Deadpool. Ooh, they're going to do the superhero landing. Um, they're <laughs> they're doing the superhero landing uh, and splashing here. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think a lot of the action comes with the foreshortening, knowing what's in front of what, you mm -hmm. know, knowing that green arrows leg, his left leg and subsequently the back girl's left leg, are out in front of the, their whole figures like they're sliding into the frame, mm -hmm. you know? 
with both of their right legs in the back, but also sort of at an angle that doesn't look like they're on balance completely. So they're in motion, mm-hmm. you know, there's an iner- there's like an inertia behind them. And uh, it's coming like, you know, it's, it's sort of going to have to be coming to a grinding halt, but like then like the rain on top of that splashing forward uh, really shows their, like the gravity of their figures sliding across the surface. Um, yeah. And I like how, so though, how like, you know, they're, they're doing it effortlessly like a classic superhero pose. You know, you look at their faces, they're very stoic. Yeah. You know, this is just, you know, this is just another day at the office for them. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, I had a thought here. Um, so as an artist, uh, why often do they pick the, the, the diagonals for the background? Like, why would you, uh, I know it makes it a little bit more dynamic. I guess that's probably what we'll discuss, but like, yeah. um, you know, this, the, the surface that they're landing on, um, is tilted. Uh, the buildings in the background are tilted. Uh, so basically our camera has been, has been, you know, tilted a little bit to do this. Uh, uh, and, and you see this a lot, but, uh, does, is it just to make things look more dynamic? Uh, is, is, is that the choice there? Do you think? Yeah, it definitely is. And if you read the, you know, the Stan Lee's, um, the Marvel way of making comics, uh, making comics the Marvel way, I mean, that's sort of what the guide is for like classic comics making is that you never shoot something straight on. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading that book, Watchmen should suck, you know, that kind of thing, you know, because so much of Dave Gibbons stuff is just him showing it, you know. Um, but if you're reading that and like, you know, the classic way of doing things, yeah, it's it's you never shoot anything or you never draw anything straight on. You draw things at angles, at Dutch angles. You make the the figure, the camera position to be at just really dynamic places, you know, either not full, like, you know, lined up with the eyes, but you know, it's, it's from below, it's from above, you know, it's a low angle, it's a high angle, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, that's, that's just how you, that's just how you make things more dynamic. That's just good design work. I was even watching the first Thor movie the other night and Kenneth Branagh, who directed that movie, really sort of got that about comics that not a lot of movies seem to get. And more recently, Spider-Verse got it as well, where that's just sort of how you, that's sort of like, you know, that, that's the comic language where you never really shoot things straight on as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kenneth Branagh and Thor, I was noticing he was doing it a lot during action sequences or more intense sequences. He was shooting from Dutch angles. You know, that's what this is, is a Dutch angle. It's not okay. straight on. And it, it only works if you're not doing it all the time, of course, in film. But, you know, in comics, you just have to make everything more dynamic and everything. But even then, you know, it, it kind of gets old after a while. So you only want to pick, like, really cool moments to do that. And that's sort of what makes the splash page so cool, you know? And the way you make a Dutch angle is sort of it makes it more intense, it makes it cool, yeah. you know? And uh, you had this splash page after I'm sure a lot of panels of just individual actions that makes the impact that much more effective, you know? Yeah. So, it, yeah. it probably also helps with the, the, the illusion of, of, of movement to, 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 to have it at that slight, uh, slight angle. And also, you know, you have to think about it from a human perspective, you know, you could, 
you know, if you, we never really look at anything straight on. There's the illusion of looking at things straight on, but we're moving our heads constantly and our heads are never really like, you know, if you visit a chiropractor, he'll tell you, yeah, you're never really ever looking straight forward, you know, that kind of thing. And that's just a, that's just a human thing as well. So you makes you, maybe it also makes you feel a little more a part of the action as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think another thing that we have here is, is, is the, the logo of the two heroes that are, that are, that are showing up, um, yeah. and how they're sort of set behind, um, set behind things, uh, Batgirl's logo. We don't see all of it. It's set behind her, uh, green arrows. We see even less of, um, uh, as it's at the bottom of the page with the, the figure in the foreground, which is, uh, Merlin, uh, so we see less of that, but it's, that adds to the sort of dramatic action of it. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, you know, announcing these two characters, but they're, um, they're, 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 they're still in front of those logos. So, uh, yeah. I like that the action's not even slowing down for the logos. Yeah. You know, they're almost like, like bursting, you know, bursting through yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And I think, um, yeah, when you have this this composition that everything is askew, all this action is going, uh, it, it's it's kind of a cool thing to even go even further and be like, you know, not even the titles, like the titles matter, you know, in the sense of like, you know, you know who the comic's about, but mm-hmm. like, we're not going to slow down so you can read uh, just the characters, you know who they are. And their like, and their actions and their adventures are way more important than their names are, even you know, or their logos. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's really cool. It's just sort of like it's a cool design thing as well. I really like it. It's really bold, and it's really uh, it's really dynamic. I say that word a lot, but it is. It's dynamic, and it's yeah. it's a perfect word to describe comic composition. No, no. All right. So now it's time to to talk about the. Uh, the lack of feet in this, uh, in this Oh page. yeah. Uh, there there's, are no feet. There, there are some, some artists that are notoriously, uh, um, you know, uh, take flack for not drawing feet. Um, but, uh, Malev was able to not draw feet here as we discuss this, a very, uh, wet surface that they're landing on. Um, and we do not see all of their feet as there's, uh, as there's splash patterns coming up into their feet, uh, or in front of their feet, covering their feet. So, um, as an and artist, even Batgirl's right leg is, uh, she, it's bent and it's bent, uh, her foot is up and, but still being, uh, covered up by, by green arrow. So yeah, it's very clever. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see if we could uh, uh, see Bendis's script if he if he gives um the, huh. uh, if he gives him the weather or if Malevol is like they're in Seattle it's raining uh, <laughs> no, no everybody's gonna be uh, splashing in puddles and I'm I'm not drawing feet it would be interesting yeah. to see if like Bendis's script was like dark rainy night in Seattle or if that was the, an artistic choice there. And I don't know what it is for each artist, but I know for me, um, feet are just boring, but they're so easy to get wrong, you know? 
there's this dexterity and there's this complexity and there's all these different combinations of poses that you can use for hands, but there's just not that many for feet, you Mm -hmm. know, especially when you're drawing action poses. Um, So they're, they're just as easy to get wrong as hands, but they're a lot less fun to draw. So it's just sort of like, you know, it's all the effort that you'd put into drawing a hand, but like none of the cool payoff. Another thing I'm realizing too is that in all these pages that we've talked about tonight, none of the artists have drawn feet. And I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Like even the Thor page that we did at the beginning, they're drawn from such a cool like perspective that you don't see their feet at all. That is very and true. It, yeah, it just goes to show like, you know, feet are you know, feet are hardly worth the trouble it takes to draw them. Um, there, are, there, are, there, they, they didn't take any. Well, not a lot of hands in the in the Thor pages, but we do get yeah. a lot of hands in the in the two Punisher pages, and uh, um, you know, we 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 get uh, we get some pretty decent hands on Batgirl. Um, I guess and we're narrow with uh, with the bow and holding yeah. the bow is pretty amazing. Yeah, that that's yeah. So uh, not uh, so the 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 hands were represented pretty well. Uh, not not uh, not feet. So uh, not their lovely brethren. Yeah. So all right. So I think we've covered these pretty well. Do you have any uh, any uh, final thoughts you want to bring up before we bring this to a close? Um, not too much, you know, with the exception of the last page being a splash page, and that's sort of what you know a lot of people remember from these books. You know, you don't really think about the in-between pages like the first three that we talked about. Um, But even then, there's just like, you know, a lot of these artists, like they put their heart and soul and like, you know, all their craft and like extreme like expertise and masterful work into everything that they do. So it's really great just to look through these things and really appreciate that stuff. Um it just like, you know, every time we record an episode like this, I'm always just like, oh, I really love being able to take a step back and talk about a page by page breakdown of certain things. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm pretty happy that we, we, we got back to, uh, to sort of, like I said earlier, the, 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 the origins and uh, what we were, what we were trying to do with this podcast. Um, so sort of as, as you were saying, like taking your time to, to really think about it, um, when you read a comic or to to uh, appreciate the design um, for me for that that Punisher comic uh, Punisher comics tend to be a quick read like you, you go through yeah. it it's a lot of action and I read this really quick the, this Punisher issue and I actually then went back to these pages and looked at him again and got the I got the humor there but the the first pass was uh, quick read, action, 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 action. And then it was like, oh, let me flip back and look at some of these pages. And then it was like, you know what? That was, that was really clever. That was, that was really funny. So sometimes you do need to do that. You need to, you need to do that, uh, that first quick read to get the, the, the action um, and, and the flow. But it, it's good to go back and, and then sort of uh, do a recap or, or look at things in more de- in, in depth, which is what we've done here. Yeah, I love doing these episodes. Um, I love doing our interviews as well. And uh, so it's just a great, I think this, uh, my experience on this podcast has been very well-rounded. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, that, that was fun. Uh, we'll have to definitely do more, um, do more uh, page breakdowns. Uh, we're not, we're not going to go away. We're not going to go away from, from the interviews because uh, those are always fun as well. So um, I'm going to, to post these pages um, that we broke down on our social media um, sites. Uh, so if you'd like to see those, um, you can follow us on, on Twitter at um, ConstructComPod. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at ConstructingComicsPod or on Facebook at Facebook forward slash ConstructingComics. Um, and also, if you could go on whatever service that you're listening to this to, which is either probably SoundCloud or iTunes, and uh, give us a rating or a review, um, we'd really appreciate it. And it would hopefully help people uh, find this episode. So um, I would like to thank everybody for joining us. And I, uh, I had a lot of fun tonight. And uh, Noah... Uh, why don't you uh, sign us off and we'll, we'll close out the episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you have been and leave a review and subscribe, share it anywhere that we can. And uh, thanks again. Tune in next week. Bye.